0: All right, everyone. Welcome to the spring edition of the Talking Ball Y'all Picking Post Game Podcast. I'm Dave Burnett. I'm going to be joined by Ricky Whittaker, Slick, and Clay Sweet. They just got done calling the uh, uh, spring game. Clay, I'm going to ask you first, what about the format of the spring game? I asked Coach Stogner in an interview and in, uh, after the game. A lot different format than a regular game. So could you kind of give everybody, catch them up on what we saw from the way the, they laid it out?
1: yeah absolutely david man i'm so glad to be on with y'all's uh Pickune podcast and the way that this thing has been uh consumed and kind of celebrated in the pick community um first before we get into the question man i wanted to thank you and, and slick for what y'all have done it's it's been awesome and now it's led to an additional like awesome opportunity um for myself and i, I hope for everybody involved so i wanted to thank you right like right off the bat but to your question david when you look at the format let's start with opponents so you took on ocean springs and you took on theodore uh, from the picune perspective and the way they set it up was 12 um, 12 plays and they were set back at your opponent's 35 yard line and then you got a set of 12 plays from the 20 yard line so 12 like red zone type opportunities and then 12 with a long field out in front of you at the 35 and the way that some of the quirks to it were like hey if it was a turnover on downs you just set back uh to the 35 or the 20 yard line if it was a picked off pass if it was a a fumble, if it was that type of turnover, you set back uh, to that yard line. So it was really kind of weird to watch a football game and know, hey, your team turned it over and then you're going to keep it and do. But that, I mean, the coaches have come up with this format and this formula for good reason some situational football. It gets them to, to work on what they wanted to work on. From a play by play, guys' uh, perspective, it's tough, right? You've got Jacked up rosters, spring rosters from uh some some of the opponents and then uh the flow of the game is just different. I think we even saw that effect all teams involved. I mean it's spring and then the flow of it is a little bit funky. It's no fault of anybody that's designed it, it's just the reality of it.
0: Yeah, and I was talking to Darren, uh who did our sideline for the game. It it just no flow to the game, no no strategy involved. Like Coach Steiner mentions, they didn't watch any film on the opponent, So it's just more of a basic practice game to kind of see where you're at. And I'm going to go to you, Ricky. Ricky, uh, or I should say Slick. Slick, what are the some of the things you've seen that you had questions about that maybe got answered and then some of them that you thought we're still going to have a lot of questions about?
2: Well, we knew that the defense was going to be intact for the most part coming back. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know uh, what Hickman would look like in place of Dorian Robinson. And, honestly, I thought he fit the part. There's not a whole lot of drop-off there. And that was a big question, Mark. Of course, anytime you, you lose a guy like Birdman, um, you know, you, you wonder who can fill that void on the defensive line. And I thought he did a good job as well uh, with making those adjustments. But even bigger than that, Dave, was offense and, and Noah Carter. Um you talked about it in your interview with, with Coach Stagner. That production is going to be hard to, to really duplicate, right? But we saw Josiah Conte come in and, and make a big play. Uh, we saw uh, Darrell come in and, and play that wing-back position as well. So I think we know a little bit more about who can uh, make those adjustments in those positions. And Big JB McWilliams, you know, switching from number 32 to number three, uh, he, looked, he looked and played the part of tied in. Um, You know, we were told he's probably got the best hands on the team. Big guy, very athletic. So I think those questions were answered for me, but we still have to think about this offensive line. And just like last year with with that group, it's going to take some time to get that continuity. But these guys have not been in pads that long. Uh, So it is going to be a little bit of an adjustment. But that was the the main questions that I thought needed to be answered. And I think that they were answered. So I think that they're going to leave here tonight. With, with even more of their, their boxes checked as well as the coaching staff.
0: We didn't really have a score for say in the game, um, Clay. I think we had it we had it tied with Theodore, who we played second. And then we also kind of won behind on Ocean Springs. But I want to ask you, the type of offense that Picayune plays just really isn't set up for that type of format, really, in my opinion. We're not a real quick strike uh, team. Really, really good for Ocean Springs who run a spread offense, got a very good quarterback in Bray Hubbard. I mean, hit on the points of what you think about how this this style of game affecting how Picayune does play.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different because when you think Picayune football, uh, what you want to think is like a, a 10 to 12 patented Picayune drive where you're just grinding and leaning on that guy in front of you and that power game just wearing somebody down. So it's definitely um, different in that aspect, David, but I think you'd be hard-pressed for anybody to feel sorry for Pickens' offense in any kind of format with the kind of backs they roll out. So I do certainly get like where you're going with the question, but to be honest with you, the defensive lines in front of them tonight from both Ocean Springs and theodore we're going to be a handful in any format i think what picune listeners and picune fans need to keep in perspective and i hope that we'll be we're able to do that through the broadcast and this is you've got to realize ocean springs is a 6a club that had one loss last year that was in ocean springs in the second or third round of the 6a playoffs they returned a 6a player of the year as their uh, signal caller. They're stout. Look, it's not going to surprise anybody. Wouldn't have really surprised anybody if Ocean Springs would have won a 6A state championship last year. And then on the Mississippi side, look, I'm not going to sit up here and act like an expert expert on Alabama football, but I know Theodore lost two ball games and they're a 7A. And so that tells me all I really need to know about them. And so I think as high as the expectations and look i don't know that there's been a picune team with higher expectations you look back to the team that won a state championship a few years ago and really returned some pieces and parts to that team that was some high expectations but i don't even know of those expectations and david you'll be able to probably give the year to that but i think the expectations for this group are higher i mean you've got a kid in diedell who Uh, tonight at a gym across the street signs to go to play with for Oregon I mean this is like the expectations are through the roof I don't want people's expectations from tonight what happened we're talking about really really good opponents because some things have been done better yeah but you just uh, gave hey maybe one touchdown difference to Ocean Springs and then pretty head up against Theodore all in all it was pretty good performance
0: yeah, Clay, it was, it, it was, I think, uh, I'm gonna go to Ricky, but I thought the intensity from our side wasn't quite there today. And maybe it's just because of the spring game, maybe just to have different feel. Maybe it's because like you just mentioned, Clay, about you got a running back just committed to Oregon. And so Theodore and Ocean Springs want to bring the wood. And, and I'm telling you that D line was excellent for both squads, but, um, Ricky, hit on what you've seen from what we watched last season following Picayune as far as what you thought of the intensity, maybe how physical we were, and maybe I thought we were lacking in it, but I'd like to see what you thought.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that any time you've got kids that, and I want to be clear with this, freshmen, right? They're not they're not even sophomores yet. You had a couple freshmen on the offensive line, a kid who, Um, move from a tackle position to center um, we saw some quarterback exchange issues that were there Um, we lost the turnover battle uh, in the ocean springs game Uh, we had more penalties than both of those teams we played tonight had and you don't want to have any of those things but i think you have to factor in uh, dave when you've got people that are starting for the first time against the opponents that, that clay mentioned that type of quality and size you spend a little bit more time thinking about what you need to do instead of reacting so I think you have to factor that in. and But I, I do agree with you that maybe the intensity, especially on the defensive side, wasn't quite there. But it, it sure did ramp up towards the end. And we saw that in Theater where I thought the defense played kind of lights out there at the end. And um, that's a really good thing to hang your hat on.
0: Clay, yeah. last thing I want to ask you is uh, can you touch on some of the highlight plays that we had? Um, wasn't many because of the way the format was. But uh, if you can remember any, I know I didn't hit you with that but uh, beforehand. But if you want to give the listeners on who had the big plays in the game.
1: Yeah, I'll start on the defensive side. You had a pick that would have been a pick six, and that was uh, Jamie Williams. What a beautiful play. I mean, just an unbelievable catch. There was pressure, I believe it was from – y'all help me here. Was it McNeil? McGill. McGill? McGill created pressure. And so the quarterback was under duress, and he throws a fastball down at the kneecaps of Williams, and somehow he makes a one-handed grab and then has the presence of mind and athletic ability to stay on his feet. That was going to be a pick six from a defensive end who, look, guys, he's lining up at tight end. He's got beautiful hands, impressive footwork. Uh, Slick mentioned him being three this year. He's a lot of fun to watch. That was a highlight uh, for me. One of the other highlights was me to get to be able to call uh, Tyson and his play at linebacker. He's incredible, man. I didn't think he took his foot off the pedal all night long. We may talk about leadership at some point. There's no lack of leadership from that young man. He played hard all night. I thought Robertson, when he had a chance to throw the football tonight, looked good. He put uh, balls where they needed to be, um, particularly two touchdown um, throws that he – and so I thought – Uh, Conti gets loose through the middle on a wide open route. He makes a nice throw um, there. And then you got it on Twitter, I believe, the video. um, Darrell. Darrell Smith with a catch he made. Good gracious, man. Like, this kid's got every reason to be probably a little bit overlooked when you got Doddell and Davis. But boy, oh, boy, he's going to be found pretty quickly. He won't be overlooked for long. He made a move at about the 5.00 or the four and a half yard line that was a thing of beauty just absolutely lost a greyhound and that that is uh, gonna be a lot of fun to watch with the way that coach stagner coach feely coach edwards the guys on that side of the ball because he's a plug and play you've got some guys already in spots so you can kind of move mix and match him he's gonna be a lot of fun before in the uh, maroon and gray
0: yeah, and then uh, Dowdell did find his way in the end zone tonight. So uh, he came up a little short on one, and uh, but was able to get to the uh, pay dirt one time tonight. And uh, defense, I think we, I think we actually had two defensive, would have been two defensive scores if I'm not mistaken. Was that am I thinking wrong, um, or maybe it was the other team? But uh, defense, I thought. Overall was pretty good. I thought we, we were, were really missing that bird spot. I think that's going to be a key factor to look for, as Ricky mentioned. Ricky, final thoughts on what you thought about, uh, you know, anything we maybe missed that you want to touch on before we uh, get out of here?
2: Well, I just say, Dave, I mean, uh, this this team, uh, they stuck up on a few people, right? We didn't really know what picking was going to do um, last year at this point in the season. We didn't have any idea, and I don't think anyone would have thought they would have reached the, the, the peak of the mountain uh, as they did. But this team's not going to sneak up on anyone. And listen, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing for this team and these young, these young men to, to have the exposure they have. I mean, we may have a record number of Division I athletes uh, on this, this team when everything's all said and done. But with those distractions, um, it's very easy to get into a me-first type situation. And I think we need to see leadership from some of these senior guys uh really stepping up and and picking one another up uh this is definitely not a time to point fingers at one another uh leaders need to emerge and they need to emerge quickly
1: guys i I missed like one point i wanted to make too you said wrap it up and i'm like over here in this passenger seat like no don't wrap it up until i can get uh 2d so david i'm gonna uh, go back in but like i thought zay played good football tonight um I thought the Hickman kid was around the football for a lot of different plays from that linebacker core. And then I'm trying to think, guys, y'all help me here. It was either 20 or 30 who I thought had a nice uh, nice ball game too. Was it Carter? Christian James yeah. 30. Yeah. yeah, 30. Okay, so Christian James, I thought he had a nice football game as well just to get some other names and numbers out on that defensive unit.
0: Yeah, Clay. I was going to come back to you real quick before. And my final thoughts on it. I mean, we, I talked to Coach Steidner before the game. It's a spring game. They, they they they've been through it before. I know this is, coach's you know what third year, but you know it's not. Um, he's not new to this. It's, I mean, the coaching staff's been through it, been through it a lot. So it's they know what to expect. We as fans want to see real football. So I think it's kind of kind of seems to be watered down a little bit. But that it, they don't play this for us so you can't keep you can't watch this as a fan of regular season football games because you're going to be a little disappointed in how it plays out but there was a lot of bright spots to to think about especially if you watch the one-on-one matchups with some of the key players and i know the coaches are going to check the film out i I heard uh coach steiner coach edwards talking about the eye in the sky talking about the camera ain't gonna lie a lot they can look at learn from get better find the guys to fill the holes they need and I, I have no doubt that that coaching staff will get that done um especially with coach Hayden on the defensive side Tyler um the whole crew I mean we can name them all but also we're going to add the interview that we played during the pre-game of coach Stagner. and then we're going to have the one I did after the one after is not very long but uh I didn't want to keep him after being out there so long doing the uh, JV varsity. So, but, uh, I want to say thanks to all the coaches, the school, everyone and everyone that listened. We I really appreciate it. Follow along. We got a lot of big things coming up for the season. Don't want to let everybody know just quite yet on exactly what's going to happen. Cause it could be better than what I say now. So, um, thanks everyone for listening. It was a lot of fun. Got a little taste of football, but, uh, got a long way to go before we get a real taste and uh appreciate everyone for listening to the uh, talking ball y'all post-game
1: podcast attention all little league coaches and commissioners all high school coaches and athletic directors or anyone looking for plaques trophies or any other kind of ceremonial awards give our friends at riverbanks engraving a shot they specialize in custom plaques trophies championship rings and more they even do custom engraved hats you can stop by their shop at 107 West Canal Street in Picune or give them a call at 601-798-4928. Also, look them up on Facebook and give their page a follow. Riverbanks Engraving, no award is too big or too small.
0: All right, I'm with Coach Cody Stagner, head coach of the football team, following the spring game. Coach, quick assessment, I'm not going to keep you long. For initial thoughts. I mean, you
3: know, it's
0: spring games. We, we
3: come in here without really a, ga- a game plan, not knowing exactly what they were going to be in. Because we didn't have film, but uh, we did some good things. We did some bad things. I felt like at times that they were a little bit more physical than us, and that's not really our game. So, you know, we'll get back. We'll get back to work this summer and uh, get back to
0: being the best picking football team we can be. Yeah, Coach, I, I listened to you talk to the players, and uh, I was. it was one of the things that was on my mind, too, because I followed you all for a long time. The physicality of the other teams, they actually brought it. And uh, I thought they were way more intense than we were. Um, I guess that starts Monday.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) It starts tomorrow morning. Uh, We're going to get the physicals up there, get ready for next season. And yeah, then Monday we'll be going back in the lab and getting getting to work. And, you know, it's, hey, it's just one of those things. The bullseye is going to be on our back. And we got to understand that we're going to have to give it our best every play, not every, just every other play, every play. And, and you know what? These guys—they'll—they'll they'll get back in there. They're gonna get to work,
0: and I believe in them that they're gonna be there. All right, coach. Monday, y'all start a thon. So, uh, you want to give? Can you give a little bit of brief on that? On what? How that works? So people that are listening can uh, maybe donate to uh, some of the players. Yeah, it's a fundraiser for our football team. And what we do is we're gonna max on bench
3: squat and power clean. And uh, you can do a flat do- flat donation, or you can you can donate ten cents per pound. Say, for instance, on all three lifts, if they max out at a thousand pounds and you did 10 cents a pound then it's gonna be a hundred dollars and uh it just goes toward you know we try to give these guys the best and you know we want to treat them the best because they work hard and uh they deserve everything they get and it's just a way for us to earn some some extra spending money so do they get in touch with
0: players the touchdown club or coaches
3: yes they can get in touch with players it's all based off the players uh you know, there's a little competition between them so you can raise the most and uh, every one of them, we were asking them to raise a certain amount to go toward just everybody pitching in and helping. So, yeah, reach out to the players if you can. Get it with a coach if you just want to donate. There's a PayPal you can go to. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it is now. I know it's all yeah. over Facebook, so, but yeah, there's plenty of ways you can just if you have if you have any questions, they can find, they can get in touch with me if they
0: need to. So, all right, coach, thank you for the uh, time. We we love it. I'm glad that uh, we got a little taste of football. It was a little different with the way the format was, but we'll explain that on the. Uh, podcast either before or after this interview so uh thanks coach we look forward to next season absolutely can't wait